Welcome to Me, Myself, and Millie, a podcast that gives light and levity to infertility and different pathways to parenthood. This season, we are following Audrey Q, who is traveling to Ukraine to be at the birth of her son, Mateo, via surrogacy. Audrey is currently traveling throughout Eastern Europe right now. Audrey, how's our connection right now? The connection's very choppy. We are having about a 10-second delay, um, but we will try to still tell our story. I love it. Thank you. We will. I, I'm going to just pause after you talk for a little bit, just in case you want to say anything else. But the last time we talked, you, um, Jorge was due to land in Germany. Catch us up to speed. Give us an update. Yeah, so Jorge finally arrived to Germany. The next day we hopped on a train. Um, that train took us to Vienna. That first train ride was super good. We then realized when we got to Vienna that we didn't have um, selected seats for Vienna to, oh, what's it called? Kosike, Slovakia. So we spent a good hour trying to figure that out. Um, and then when we got on the train in Vienna, our suitcase wouldn't fit. Like, And we were pretty much one of the first people, but it was already saturated of people heading that way that we had to like negotiate with people. And then there were people sitting in our reserved seats. It was insane. Um, we rode on a, on two trains for 14 hours. So we were very much exhausted when we got into Slovakia and then we spent the night there. And you're in Slovakia right now? No. So the following day we woke up. We had our fabulous driver waiting for us in our lobby. We woke up at 5.30 a.m. Slovakia time. So we are completely out of zone with timing because it's a different time from Germany as well. And not to mention USA. Um, but our driver picked us up and he drove us an hour and a half into the border of Slovakia and Ukraine. It was really, get, really, really easy getting in. You know, we just showed our passports. We didn't have to walk. I don't think this border crossing is one of the biggest known ones. It's very small, um, very easy to get in the mountains. And we crossed Ukraine. We are in one of the villages that borders with Slovakia. And so far, it's the, the first day was pretty good. We went, we, when we got to Ukraine, we head straight to the clinic to meet, to meet our surrogate and our team. And we were able to witness an ultrasound. Tell us about the first time seeing Mateo on the ultrasound. It was interesting. Like I've always thought that I was going to cry and get emotional but my first thought was, please let it be a heartbeat. Please let it be a heartbeat. Um, there was obviously a heartbeat, but then I was emotional the less. Like I was just, I was just watching everything and 
trying to get the mood light. It was hard because there was somebody already translating for us between. You said somebody was translating between you and your surrogate? Um, yes and no. So most of the conversations was between our, our, what should I call it? our coordinator and the doctor. So a lot of the conversations was between the doctor and the coordinator. The doctor is actually the one that does the ultrasound here in Ukraine. So that was very interesting. Um, so yeah, so there were a lot of questions. For example, I wanted to know if the medical core was still wrapped around the neck. The doctor said no. She did say that he was measuring at 35 weeks, which was very concerning because Mateo should be 38 weeks. Um, but later talking to my surrogate, she said that my coordinator really didn't translate everything. Um, there were some discrepancies, mm. but he is he's healthy and he's on track. There is no really concerns. Um, it's just my mom concerns right now, but it was, it was, it was a very interesting ultrasound. How, how did stuff get lost in translation? Tell, tell me about that. How was it, you know, I've been watching your Instagram stories and I, I hear you saying like, you know, it's some, it's, it's tr tricky not speaking the same language as people and having to go through a translator, whether that's text or through a, another individual. And I was thinking to myself, of course, because there's so much more that we communicate beyond just words, right? We communicate facial expressions and tones and nuances. So I can't imagine how tricky that is. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. And our coordinator is very much all business, very serious. She uses the same tone. My surrogate actually doesn't like us interacting with each other in front of her um, because it's just, I really don't know. Like it's, I couldn't even read her. And the times that I've tried to like make jokes and, you know, try to get friendly with her, she's very like, no, 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 you know, it's, it's all business. And so when she's trying to communicate about medical facts, she's literally translating what is convenient or what she wants to translate at the moment. So for example, this whole 35 weeks um, was what the doctor was saying that showed up because they were calculating it based on her menstrual cycle, which we know in IVF that really doesn't go like that. Right. Um, and then our surrogate was like, no, you know, he, he's, he's measuring behind, but he's measuring maybe a couple of days behind, which is normal at this stage, but everything's healthy. And, you know, she, my surrogate was like, you, you just got to be, not that you got to be careful, but, you know, our coordinator is really all business and she's just going to tell you what she thinks you need to, she needs to communicate, which really has been a problem because we're finding out late stuff not through my surrogate and then through like other intended mamas that are waiting in Slovakia. Oh my gosh. Um what kind of information are you having to receive secondhand? For example, we just learned that in order for us to be in the hospital, we need to have a valid COVID certificate or COVID test and it has to be printed. Um I freaked out because it's 
Sunday, right? Where am I going to find a clinic? Like they pretty much work like us, you know, some stuff opens earlier or not or close on Sunday. Um, so, and they didn't tell us that. And I'm like, well, what if she have, would have gotten today to birth in the middle of the night? Like we talked about this. I'm the only reason I'm risking my life or risking, you know, risking my situation coming into Ukraine is because I want to be present by birth. You know, our embassy told us not to cross into Ukraine, but here we are because we want to be in the birth and things like this should be communicated. So it was a little bit frustrating finding it from another person and then us trying to, you know, find one we couldn't. They actually found a place. We got there, but yeah, it's been it's been crazy and then the other intended mama kind of told me, oh, you know, if she goes into labor during night, you may not be allowed it. And I'm, you know, I raised my, I raised hell. I'm like, there's no way I'm not going to be not in there if she goes into labor in the middle of the night. You know, again, we've been through a lot and we better be there. And they reassured me that if she goes into labor in the middle of the night, we, we will be there. In terms of the COVID certificate, does it, expire at all like when i when i heard you say that on your stories i was like oh wow well you know do you have to keep getting covid certificates you know in order to make sure that they're current because we all know you know your status can change within a matter of four or five days you know so do you need to go back and get another pcr test oh my gosh like what What's the outcome and like what's the future like for doing the tests according to when she could potentially go into labor? So first I was freaking out if it was a PCR because we actually had COVID two weeks prior of me leaving. Um, and then I've been told that the PCR shows, you know, traces if you if you do the PCR, right? Anyways, we we were told then that we can do an antigen test certificate, but it's only valid for 72 hours. So every 72 hours, we have to go back and then get the test and get the certificate. Oh my gosh, Audrey. That's insane. I mean, how did you even find a valid location to do these tests for you? So our coordinator had to look for this place, which, you know, we're, we're like, yeah. And they give us a certificate, like a legit paper. Got it. Your coordinator. I see. And um, what has been the feeling, the general sort of, I guess, emotional temperature in, in Ukraine since you arrived? Give us, kind of paint a picture for us. What has, um, what has going what has it been like going out on the streets, going out to eat, going to, um, you know, walking anywhere in the town? So at the beginning, we were in this bubble, right? We are used to travel. Um, we keep forgetting we're still in a war zone. Um, and we like, at the first day that we were walking with our surrogate, we just saw these beautiful buildings because Ukraine is beautiful. It has so many history so many cathedrals and we were just Jorge was taking a picture and mind you Jorge already stands out he looks you know he looks like kind of like Jason Momoa he's tall um he has long hair so he stands out um and he was taking a picture and someone a lady started yelling at him and looking at him mad 
and my surrogate translated into that people here are very um not everyone but some of the people are very how do you say it um defensive because they're thinking that they they do not like the refugees to begin with so we've, they've had a lot, an influx of refugees um they do not do not like foreigners um and then when they see you taking a picture they're they're thinking that you could be selling those right um to the other party so and that's been that area we were um however going to this other side that we were we've been recently going to restaurants the younger generation oh my gosh the younger generation they you know we try to speak their language but they're so eager to speak to us in english the customer service is amazing the food is amazing so even though like the other intended mama who's very i want to say more paranoid than i am she's like you need to lay, you know lay low and we've been trying to lay low but we just can't that's not as puerto ricans as you know we just can't we like to go out we can't be um closed all the time so it's been a struggle um we get stares at a lot um i do kind of pass a little bit of ukrainian but as soon as i start talking you know they're not from there they know i'm not from there and some people will help me and go beyond and some people will just say no and not sell me anything if you know like for example today i was looking for a sweater it was so cold out um and there it was there was clearly two sweaters there and the lady was like nope nope that's display only and i'm like okay so i crossed the street and there was young kids and the kids went beyond and above to just try to get me a sweater so it depends where you go and with who you're interacting So first of all, I love hearing that the younger generation is so eager and willing to be helpful. Like that is just, ah, that makes me so excited for the future of the world. <laughs> you know, like everybody's kind of, you know, poo-pooing the uh, Gen Zs and, you know, I don't know. I think they're amazing. I just think they're like, we've got a lot to learn from them. Um, but that's a tangent neither here nor there. But I want to know more about this other intended parent. Were you able to connect and meet up with another intended parent while you're there? Um, we've been, well, not, we've been, so I'm sorry, let me, let me start. So there are Facebook groups and then there are some messenger chats that are what they called in-country chats. And when you're about to cross the border, they add you there. And because people are crossing from a lot of borders, right? I connected with one who is going through the same route as me. And she is, she's actually, her surrogate, it's 39 weeks, but because she's entering alone and she's not from the US, um, she's very, very scared to come in. So we've been back and forth. I'm telling her, you know, the lookouts here, she's just telling me about all the info she gets from the other side. Um, I'm dying to connect with her over here, but she's still afraid to cross. So I'm, I'm waiting for her to cross so we can meet in person. I bet that would be so incredible to just have another, another person who's walking the same path as you, like, you know, within, within walking distance. I, I bet that could feel so comforting. So yeah, I'll be more happy when we actually get into Poland because 
there, there will be my really one of my good, good friends who lives actually in the same town that I do in Georgia. She already had her first son. She's waiting for her second son to arrive. Um, and she is in the border that's closer to, to Poland. Uh, but we probably be in Poland at, around the same time. And that's going to be so much helpful, you know, have, to have someone else to talk to and to interact with. Going back to your surrogate and, you know, what, how many weeks Mateo is measuring and where you are at in the process, I remember in your stories, you were asking the coordinator something about an induction. You know, we're all just kind of these kind of moments leading up to when somebody gives birth. We're all just kind of waiting. Um, what was the coordinator's response to your question about induction? It was a little shoppy, but I think you asked if, um, what was their reaction when I asked about an induction? So when I asked, they first like didn't understand and they were like, oh, you mean like to induce labor earlier? And I'm like, yes, induction. Based on everything, based on that Mateo is supposedly measuring behind based on that my surrogate's anemic, based on everything we've already, we're about to be 38 weeks in the U.S., that's more enough to have a reason to try to induce labor, especially if it's a high-risk IVF baby. And they're like, no, we don't do that here unless it's over 41 weeks or there's something wrong with the baby. Or, And I'm like, well, what you're saying is there is a... There's a intrauterine growth restriction, right? What's known as IUGR. Um, and she has anemia. So I don't see how that doesn't fit. So we've been gone back and forth, but they're like, no, everything's fine. We'll, we'll just have to wait until time is, is come. So that is not a common practice. They won't do it. Even during like the heavy times of the war, when people were here, um, they were asking for inductions and they were not, they were not doing it. I know a I know a case of American parents that had to wait until the 42nd week to get the induction, but at least here they assured me that it's not going to pass over 41, but I'll, I'm going to still fight for, for at least as soon as we can. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, 41 weeks, that would be another three weeks from now. Yeah, 41 would be another three weeks, and that would be insane. My circuit's also wanting to go home, you know. I want to go home, so I know she she would agree to an induction for sure. She does believe she's going to go into labor this week because she usually goes into labor at 38 weeks, um, and that's what we're hanging on. She um, She has given birth to four babies in the past, two girls, two boys, the girls have gone to 41 weeks, and that was her first and her last pregnancies. The boys have gone to 38, and it's usually because, you know, they're they're bigger. And Mateo is very big for her. He's Right now, he's not measuring five pounds, but for her body, she's really petite. Um, he's, he's a big baby for her, so I'm hoping he comes this week, as she, she has told me. Seeing Mateo's 4D ultrasound, I totally saw Jorge in his face. Like, I just, it was, it almost felt like a replica of Jorge. Was that one of the more enjoyable moments so far? Yes. Wow. yes. 
Yeah, it was the funniest thing. He kept putting his um, face, his hand on his face, and, and then making the exact same frown that Jorge does and pout. Like the doctor was even having fun with it because she's like, I've never seen a baby who like pouts so bad. And he's like so mad. So that was, one, yeah, it was super enjoyable. And I'm just, I can't wait. He's going to be a little clone of Jorge for sure. I'm sure you've been so overwhelmed with so many things in your mind, so many questions and, you know, unpredictable scenarios and fears. What has been a place of joy or ease, an experience of maybe even some um, happiness or excitement since you have arrived? To be honest, like, I'm just talking to myself as much as I can. Um, I'm not, I'm not at peace. I am trying to hold it together. But um, to be honest, I'm crying a lot. I'm telling Jorge that go home and he's the one grounding me and telling me that we can't go home that we have to wait this out um and it's hard it's really hard i'm so glad jorge is there um oh i'm just i'm thinking about your friend your other intended parent who you said she she will be traveling on her own is that what you said yeah um the other intended mama I believe her husband is Ukrainian. I'm not sure. And that's why they don't want to risk it. Um, they're also not from the U.S. So I'm not sure about their requirements. But for us, it was really not an option. If we want the birth certificate with us, that one of us would cross. Um, and yes, I'm very, very happy that Jorge is also here with me because it's he's my, he's my grounding my grounding person for sure. I love what you posted on Instagram the other day. And it was so inspirational. I think I even saved it. It was something along the lines of you trust that the universe has your best interest in mind. Tell me why you posted that and what was going through your head when you wanted to um, share that on Instagram. It's many things, right? Um, I was not only am I waiting for the baby, but I have I was waiting on other other news and like everything keeps breaking for me, and I just have to trust that that is not that I have bad luck. Is that you know the universe is rerouting me into a better place, a better destination, and that even things are rocky. I it's, it's something's going to come through after, after this craziness. When will you be able to have another ultrasound moment with your surrogate? His next ultrasound or their, our next appointment is July 22nd. His due date is July 24th. Um, I really hope makes it first <laughs> and that ultrasound for sure. Anything else you feel is important to share in this moment? Um, no, I just, I, you know, I don't know what else I could share. Like a, a lot of people are saying, oh, you're so strong. And I 
can I be explicit? If not, you can shop it off. But I'm like, I, re I really want to say is that it's not that I'm fucking strong is that I just don't fucking have an option. I just, if it was your turn or you, you know, your journey, you would be doing the same thing. Um, and there's no option. I wish I would have an option and I am not strong. I'm crumbling every day. I don't want to be in this situation, but it's the card that I was dealt with. And sometimes you have to keep pushing through and yeah. How can people support you right now and lift you up? I have no idea. I think, um, there, I don't think there is any kind of support that there can be done right now. Just, you know, I, I have no idea. Well, we all love you, Audrey. I'm crying. I'm crying. Oh, uh, we're thinking like, I, you know, this is so, this is all so crazy and maddening. I'm just, um, super grateful that you're willing to share it, you know? Just really grateful um, that you're here. Well, thank you for having me, and I really can't wait, now, you know, for the episode that I'm home, back home, because I really want to be home. Yeah, yeah. And then I can, we can see if we can hear Mateo somehow. Absolutely. All right, we will, we will stay tuned until next time. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Me, Myself, and Millie. Follow us on Instagram at Me, Myself, Millie for more podcast updates. If you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe and share on social media. A special thanks to my husband, Rowan Brooks, for technical support and Cal Reichenbach, who did all the music you heard in this episode. You can check him out at calzonemusic.com. Thanks, cutie bums, and see you next week.